This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is a black warning. What? We're starting with a, a black warning. What's this a black warning? This podcast is going to get a little black today. Oh, oh that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, now if you're listening for the first time, I mean, you you know, I mean, we... we it is in our name, Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood, but but we're not always this black, but it's MLK Day weekend, and we're going to get a little black. I'm I talking unapologetically black. Oh, I never apologize for being black. Yeah, why would, why would we? But I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking about a little bit of militant black. Okay. Oh, okay, you know okay. what I'm saying? I'm, I'm talking about like, we coming after whitey black. Oh, wait, let me change my voice. Let me get ready. Hold up. <clears throat> yeah. That's yeah. I'm ready. Okay, hold on. Wait, let me change my you, voice. You get let your voice ready? <clears throat> yeah. Wait, wait, no. no, James, you got to redo that. Huh? No, nah, man, no, nah, man. You got to be like, you got to say it with your chest. Say oh. it like you're tough. Yeah, okay, wait. Yeah, say it with my chest. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> James, you got to say it real deep, man. I'm, I'm struggling. No, man. Listen, Try one more time. Okay, Sit right. up straight in your chair first oh, off. Okay, all right, homie. You're right. You're Sit right. up straight you, in your chair. Poke your chest yeah. out. Yeah, man. Go real deep. Take a deep breath. Deep, you deep down in the south like Selma deep. Like you're about to give a sermon deep. Yeah. Okay. You only said, yeah. Is that all you had? I mean, that was... I'm trying to hold it. You don't have to hold your I'm breath. I'm trying to hold it. Don't hold your breath. So I can keep it the that's whole how, time. That's how, that's how deep you go? This is it. But don't hold your breath, though. Are you sure? You said to puff out my chest? Yeah, but you breathe. You puff out and then you breathe with your chest. And you kinda... <laughs> when I breathe, this happens. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the worst. I'm trying. Man, this All is right. almost as sad a day as Selma. Wait, no, Selma was a good day. It's a sad a day as Selma? They marched. <laughs> <It's a sad. laughs> I hate this. Just start the show, please. You know what it is. Jonathan Raylock. James the Third. Drop Milligan. What more can I say? You know what it is. Men can't jump. Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. Yes, let's welcome to Black Men Can Jump in Hollywood, Hollywood City. Actually, I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm okay with that. What if I did this the whole time? Oh, I, I thought you, you were going to. Is that, oh, you're not? You're not going to? I'm not going to. No, no, you shouldn't. But it'll come up every now and again, and you never know when it's going to hit you. Well, as people should know, James did play Martin Luther King in our sketch show for a year. That's so. true. I did. Good so boy. It stuck in my... And the first acting thing I ever did was do the like the last few lines of I Have a Dream speech. Oh. Like, yeah. Do you remember? I used to know it by heart. I don't anymore. You don't know any but of it. But the first... I don't, I, yeah, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't like know it. But I mean, I know the... You know, it's the black men and white men, Jews and... You know, it's that part. Right. I used to know the whole thing. <laughs> little black boys a little... Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had a dream that one day my children would grow up in a nation... If you honestly think about that photo, like I went to the Million Man March when I was a kid, and it was a huge turnout, but like the amount of people they had marching on the monument, like, I mean, this is mm. not simple, but like for that, I have a dream speech. I'm like, good goodness, man. Mm-hmm. That brother there. It's true. Woo. So, uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome. Hey, how you doing? My name is Jonathan Braylock. I'm Gerard Milligan. I'm James the Third. Yeah. Hi. 
God. Wow. I was Why? trying to like, I was trying to have gravitas. But that, you failed. You, but you went. Did no. I not have? I went the you reverse. Just, you went the wrong you way. Just straight <laughs> failed. You went the wrong way. Yeah, it was like small. Okay, yeah. I'm James the third. Okay. Okay. Wow. You don't know how to do things. Um, <laughs> oh, you're the worst. The film. We uh we we we. we, we oh my god! I can't you all right, speak. bro? You're excited. <laughs> I am excited. excited I am excited. Movie. I'm excited. We review films mm-hmm. with leading black actors. One time. And we talk about them in the context of race. That's right. In Hollywood. We in Hollywood. Sure the film we are reviewing today is Selma. Tell them one time. Selma. Tell them two time. Selma, Isn't Selma. Isn't that the Woo! third? Wait, I, know, it was, I, I messed up my count. The my numbers own, are off. My own count. <laughs> uh, led by David Ayelowo. Yeah. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Twitter. <laughs> Oh snap! <laughs> so, but if but if not though, it was really good, right? I mean, right? Uh, directed by Ava DuVernay. Uh, Oprah Winfrey is in this film as well. You got, I mean, we got a whole There's cast. So of many people. Tom, Tom Tessa Wilkinson, Thompson. Tessa Thompson's in it. You got Pierce. Uh, what what's Pierce Wendell? Commons, Wendell I Pierce. Wendell. Pe- I, I mixed up his name. It's a but it's really a who's who Commons of like. It. Oh, like, Stephen James? Oh, yeah, Stephen yeah. James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh. Carmen uh, Ijogo, I, I hope I'm pronouncing uh, that right. Andre from Empire? Yeah, Andre Holland. Uh, Great actor. Mm-hmm. No, Andre Tim from Roth. Empire. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. The kid, the dude the from, kid from, the Empire, kid from Empire, not Andre Holland. No, I don't Andre watch him. I don't, everyone knows I don't watch him. No, but wait. That's but the other name. kid, you're talking about the... Uh, He's the oldest son. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, he was the, the he was a co-leader with, with yeah, John yeah. Lewis. Okay, yeah. John yeah, his Lewis. His name is Trey Byers. That's the dude from Empire? Yeah, Trey Byers. Okay, well, also oh. Andre Holland is in it. And Coleman Domingo. Mm-hmm. Andre Holland from Moonlight. From Moonlight. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. This yeah. film, uh, it came out in 2014. Uh, you might remember it because uh, 2014 into 2015, the Academy Awards season of 2015, was the first hashtag Oscar So White. Well, not really the first. It was like the first time that hashtag was used because we, we all know Oscar So White has happened before. Right. <laughs> I mean, yep. uh, famously, uh, because uh, David Yellowwell was uh, not nominated for his performance as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, uh, I wonder why that is. Hmm. Yeah. How it, often do we have a black person who's nominated for a person who's not subservient or like uh, on the lower standards of life? Like, have we ever had like a. I don't know. Let's just say, like, one of the best political African American leaders of mm. all time. Yeah. <sighs> Honestly, mm. it's a crime. He is—he's stellar in this. Uh, so, the, <laughs> the, I mean, the the critical response to this was uh, outstanding. Yep. It's got like a ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It had an A plus, uh, like cinema cine score. Like the the one the score that you get when like people come out of the audience. Oh yeah, which yeah, is yeah. extremely rare. Wait, uh, like so. pretty much like the lowest score I found was like an eight point seven on IMDb out of ten. Oh, that's still the, good. it's still eight point seven is the lowest score. Yeah. Eight point seven out of ten is the lowest. out of all of these def- different scoring yeah. systems. You yeah, know. wow. Uh, it made wow. about sixty what sixty two sixty eight million dollars mm. on a twenty million dollar budget. Pretty good. Honestly, for twenty million dollars, this movie looks phenomenal. And it bro. was actually nominated for best picture, best film. Yeah. Uh, though Ava DuVernay, who directed it, was not nominated for best director. Probably was some basic ass director who got her spot. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this. Yeah, I remember like, wait, let me, let me. You know what? 
You said we getting black, right? I mean, we're going to get black. You know what? I'm today. about to. I'm, let's do it. Hold I mean, uh, happy Martin Luther, while while Jarrell looks up, happy Martin happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, for those of you listening on Monday, yeah, you know, uh, Black History Month is coming up soon, February. Guys, we don't, we don't, we know so little. Yeah, I mean, really, we are taught so little about Black history. We really are. It's crazy. Uh, did you did you figure it out? Oh, this yeah. also won an Oscar. For best, best original song. song. Same with the Golden Globe. Common one. Day. Same with the best. Same with Golden Globe, right? Mm. When the glory come. Common and John Legend, I should say. Did you did you find I'm, it? I'm just looking. I'm just looking up the other movies nominated for the Oscars in twenty. That was twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. I just remember after they after that the oh, performance. That was Birdman, yeah, damn. Yeah, that, that was, was the Birdman. One. That yeah. was a good one. Okay. But I remember that. I I remember the performance in the Oscars. Of that song, Glory, right? Isn't that a song? Mm-hmm. Ooh, man, that was a tough year. Damn and it. they and like it was a tough year, but it was like you know, because I loved Whiplash. I liked Birdman. Yeah, Whiplash was good. Yeah, oh, dude, everything was that year. But everybody was like crying. You know, after they sang Glory, you know, everybody's crying. Like, First oh, off, that was one of so the funniest things of all time. Period. Everything. Like, like, like when they when they started performing th- me uh, Glory, I was like, uh, like, look at y'all. Got them close up with tears. Yeah, so many. All though. these tears. I was like, look at y'all. And there were so Which many people. I ain't people. give her no damn award, though. <laughs> All right. So uh, this film specifically focuses on uh, the marches that happened uh, at Selma. From Selma to Montgomery was the goal. There were three different marches. Two of them failed, and the third one was successful. Uh, and they were one of the main protests uh, in trying to pass this, what eventually became the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Uh, because black people couldn't vote. Can, <laughs> I mean, can, we, can, we, can we talk about that for a second? I know we're not trying to... Okay. We're talking about movies. Yeah. 1965, mm-hmm. right? Whew. 1965 is not long ago. No. All right? So you're telling me that right now, our, you know, depending on how old you are, your grandparents grew up in a world where they were not allowed to vote. If you can't grew up in the South... Your grandparents, depending on what color you are, mm-hmm. might have been one of three types of people. Either a person who wanted to vote, who tried to vote in the South, who were either hoes, intimidated, threatened, rocks, whatever. Could have been on that side. Or your grandpappy could have been the one throwing <laughs> those rocks, hosing people down, sicking dogs on them. It's true. Or your grandpappy could have been one of the people who was like, you know what? This is terrible. Change the channel. Uh, accurate. That's a, I mean, and, and the thing is so crazy is that people make it like, oh, like even right now to where we live in is like, ah, uh, you know, racism in that bad thing in that bad. These people still are alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, someone isn't that long ago where like the effects of that isn't. Uh, man, we about right. to go in today. I love. All it. right, yeah, let's so, go. So uh, should we just do initial thoughts? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll go first. I, it's so funny. I liked this movie. Um, I do. This is my thing. I do think this movie has some faults to it, which to an extent I can understand why, depending on like, now that I looked up the other movies that did come out, directing directing wise, I can kind of understand why Ava DuVernay didn't get a nomination. I think she still deserved one, but like I can kind of understand why. But I do think the fact that they chose to do a march and not an overall story of Martin Luther King's life I thought it was great, and I liked it. The fact that this movie did not, they didn't make him to be a saint, which I loved. They made him like, he was nervous, he was fearful, and they touched on his adultery 
without making it like the big bad thing in the world. So I mean, I enjoyed this movie. I thought the acting was great. I thought the way they shot the 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 church scene, uh, the way they shot the the, the full little girls, uh, I thought oh, that goodness. was like oh. I thought that was a very inventive and very like dreamlike. I'm God, oh, how are we gonna do this movie, man? They shot up a they, they blew up a church. It's uh, they, terrorism. They blew up a church. It's literally domestic terrorism. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Oh God. Okay. Yep. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, you want to go? You, I don't care. You can go. Uh, I saw. I remember seeing this movie in. It was probably early 2015 when I first saw it, mm-hmm. rather than like when it was limitedly released. Oh, you know. Okay. Um. I think that's when I saw it, like early 2015. You got a hookup? And uh, no. <laughs> I'm saying after. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, he said he uh, didn't see it. Uh, yeah, Uh-oh. I don't think I saw. I don't think I saw it until probably like January or something. But um. Uh, and I remember then just really liking the movie, just really thinking it was like really well done. Um, uh, I really liked that it really felt like a moment, like we're like almost like a fly on on the wall watching like just this happen, this this event happening, you know. And like people show up, and we don't, you know, it's not like let's introduce all of these people. Like it's just like they're here, and this is what they were doing. And I and I remember thinking that that was nice uh, to to see like. Like to be able to just like see these people living living these lives, but then their lives are deeply affected by uh, the climate of the world at this time. Uh, uh, but just and then feeling like, oh wow, this is like a who's who. Now Cuba's in this movie. What? What? You know, like all oh, that's like right. oh, yeah, ha- Cuba having, is in it. having like that feeling watching it the watching it the first time. Watching it in the last couple days, I just found myself so angry the whole movie yeah mm, like I get that. I hear like, that. like like and i think i think it's like the fact that the there was an election recently you know um uh and thinking about how the 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 united states is slightly different now as far as the government is concerned you know um and as far as the people in power are and as far mm-hmm, as the, cli- an the, the, the <laughs> understatement i know but you know and as far as what the climate is today and just sort of at every turn i found myself being more and more angry with starting with the starting with the bomb and then oh, and then from from uh uh killing jimmy lee jackson on i was just Upset, Lakeith, like, Lakeith. like, like, just it's from Atlanta, right? You, yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just that made me, it made my blood boil in such a way that I, I, that, and and I'm just I'm bringing it up because yes, this that is how you're supposed to you're supposed to feel upset at this at this part of the movie, but for some reason now you know hit, hit, the way it hit me now is totally different than the way it hit me when the movie came out. Like, I like it made me want to like start throwing things over and like run to the streets and start screaming and yelling. You know what I mean? Like re- I felt really deeply affected watching it this, um, this second time. It's interesting for me. I would say when I first saw this movie, it was, I- I've been like into watching most of the Academy Award nominee movies. Um, even like before they get, you know, nominated because I'm just like interested in that kind of thing. I've, and I have been for a while specifically like really into it since <laughs> The Dark Knight was not nominated for Best Picture in 2009. 
and instead the reader was nominated and that film is garbage and I will stand by that every day. <laughs> like no offense to the, the number pe- of times I've heard you say the reader is garbage. It's, it's utter it's it's not it's not a good movie. It's <laughs> just that. flat out not a good movie. And the fact that Kate Winslet won best actress for that movie is so funny. Is that when she has sex with the kid? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's a she's a pedophile. Like, do they call her that in the movie? Do the people? No, know? of course, no, of course uh, not. Like they, like it's like weird and whatever, and affects them. But like, anyway, anyway, look. And then they try to pretend like it's about the Nuremberg trials, even though it's not really. It's about this weird relationship. Nuremberg trials take like a backseat. Anyway, uh, when I first saw Selma, I was slightly underwhelmed, and the reason I say that is because uh, I think I was like. I don't know. I I wanted the typical biopic film, and this wasn't that. Yeah. Mm. So my my expectations of the movie completely tinted my view of it. Like it was a, it was it was very biased because I went in wanting a more rousing kind of you know who you know kind of like film and and it and it wasn't so um when i when i like i i still thought that david yellow was great i thought the performances were great you know what i mean and like i still thought other movies like fox catcher was a fi- i just looked it up like fox catcher was a film that year that got nominated for like a bunch of things like steve carell got nominated for best actor and like it got nominated for like best uh screenplay and all this stuff and i thought fox catcher was absolute trash like it the pacing of Foxcatcher was like abysmally slow. And like, I thought Steve Carell's performance was kind of weird. And I love Steve Carell. You know what I mean? Not to trash that movie completely. It's just like, it wasn't. So anyway, I'm just saying that because there were other films that year that I didn't, I thought someone was better than. It wasn't like I didn't like Selma. I just like, Birdman came out that year and I loved Birdman. But that's a different movie. Yeah, watching it yeah. this time, I, and especially watching it this time after recently having seen Hidden Figures, I was I was way more appreciative of this film and all the things that it did and all the nuances that it has. And I think this film is much better with repeat viewings, which is not true of most films. In fact, most films, when you start to watch them and pay attention to them, like get worse because they're fluff and they're taking you on an emotional journey mm-hmm. that's very manipulative. But once you know what that emotional journey is and then you go back and watch it, you realize that the substance isn't really there. This film is the complete opposite of that. It's yeah. like so much was happening, perhaps to its slight detriment in terms of popularity, but in terms of like it being a like critically acclaimed film, you can watch it again and again and realize, oh my God, like there, she was doing this and she was doing that. She was doing this. You know, we talked about in Hidden Figures how how we didn't like um, how you know comedic they took everything, mm-hmm. and then and then wanting there to be able to be like a balance. And I think this film does that. Yep. I think this film focuses on the women characters where most movies would just pretty much ignore them, like yeah. not and not mm-hmm. just Coretta, but like other women that were involved. Mm-hmm. You know, Tessa Thompson's character. Uh, I think Diane Nat or yeah, even Oprah's like character. Oprah's character. Mm-hmm. All real people, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like it took the time to like make sure you knew, you know, one like there were disagreements within the civil rights movement while it was coming up. There were dif- disagreements between how things should be done with like 
the SCLU and the what was the the kids group the oh the, the college kids. and CC yeah it was something down there yeah something like with an S whatever student nonviolent uh, the student nonviolent coordinating committee SNCC no yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then also like how LBJ, like, because I mean, we just had a, you know, like LBJ is usually portrayed like very, like, it's just like Lincoln. I mean, the film Lincoln didn't show at all. Didn't show Frederick Douglass, not one time. Frederick Douglass. The film Lincoln didn't like, it painted this very great picture of Lincoln. It didn't show really any of his flaws. Like it was, and, and the thing is, it's, I understand like, that's what we want sometimes, but in this movie, you saw LBJ's flaws. You saw Martin Luther King's flaws. Yep. You saw all the flaws, like flaws everywhere, but also the great things that these people did. So anyway. All right. So let's start at the beginning, right? The film mm-hmm. opens up with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. getting mm-hmm. dressed. Uh, just like a real nice shot of his face. Yeah, man. It's pretty much all you see. Um. Yeah, what'd you think of this opening shot? I mean, the thing about the movie is that, like, going into it, the first time I saw it, I remember, like, not knowing what to think because Martin Luther King definitely is that guy who won a Nobel Peace Prize. Like, he, I mean, we have off for his birthday right. or, like, close to it. And it's like, seeing that shot, I was like, oh, here we go. The, the Savior movie. I was like, we're about to do it. <laughs> we're about to do it. But you know what? I Because of... What happens afterwards, I'm like, this shot is beautiful to me, man. Because yeah. you just see a man. Like, it's not, it's, it's not a hero man. It's not like some dude who's like just got in a fight. It is just a man contemplating what has to be done. Yeah. Totally. And like, and like rehearsing, rehearsing a speech. Rehearsing the speech. Trying to, trying to get it right. Putting that work in. And feeling like he looks um, in a, like too bougie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the guys back home are gonna—they're gonna have a good laugh when they see me looking like this. Yeah, he's like very aware of of appearances. He has to be because he has been mm-hmm. the center, the face of the civil rights movement in America. And literally, he's preparing a speech for getting the Nobel Peace Prize because that's yeah. where the next yeah. scene is him getting the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, which is interesting to think of the timing of that. Like, he got the Nobel Peace Prize after. They passed the Civil Rights Act, which kind of ended segregation, which we know, of course, like it, it, took, a, it took a couple of years for that to really actually end. Um, and then he's going back home to be like, well, there's all this work. People still can't vote. Uh, yeah. Which is so powerful in this one scene. And I know we're going to talk, talk about her a lot. Yeah. But Coretta, it's so interesting because him and Coretta definitely like have a real marriage. Like, which I love. Like, she wasn't painted as a villain and she wasn't painted as just like the woman he was with. Like, even in this moment, they have a slight disagreement where he's like, I don't wanna, like, I'm worried about how the boys are gonna treat me. She's like, Man, you better look nice and win this award. (laughs) You know, it's like, that's what you're watching. You know, like, that is a real thing. And it's like, you're going to this fancy event, you're about to win a Nobel Peace Prize, but you're worried about what your boys think. You know what I'm saying? And like, with the move, I get the movement, but it's like, you're worried about what everyone thinks when you win this. Man, if you get in this car, I man, I love her, yo. Karata. Great. And then and then I think the next scene is is Oprah Winfrey, right? Like, yeah. It's Oprah going to going uh, trying to register registering to vote. Trying to register to vote. Again. 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 Uh she kinda she's she's fill, she's filling out the application. She goes up, she says it's all right this time. 
The dude's like, I'll, I'll tell, I'll it's say It's right when, when I, I say, say it's, it's right. right. <laughs> and he is the worst person. Uh, oh, yeah, he says, like, what, what, what is whoever her employer is going to think when I tell him you're making all this fuss? She's like, I'm not fuss. I'm like, try and vote. It's my, it's my right. Did y'all I peep have too, that right. Did y'all peep too that he, she handed the forms and then he called her name the second she sat down? Oh like, yeah, that it was yeah. that it was. Oh, I never noticed that. That she handed in the forms, and then she sits down, and then we hear her name, and she sighs because she's like feeling. I just she knows. Got- yeah, I, I I also interpreted that sigh as I know what is, what's about to happen. Yeah, like, yeah. Also, yeah, there's no one else there but her. <laughs> no one else there. So yeah, basically the guy just like starts asking her freaking re- ridiculous questions that no half. The, it, that he doesn't. No, he know. doesn't know. He doesn't know. All twenty six. What do you want? Sixty seven. First, he said, "Recite the preamble of the Constitution." Huh. So, As she's and then he's like, "Do you it, even know what a preamble is?" And then she starts just reciting it. Boom! Like this is it. Bop, bop, bop. She doesn't even finish because he's like, "Okay, how many judges are there? How many county? How many judges are there in the county?" Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. <laughs> she knew. She knew. She knew. She knew it. And then he just goes. Name them, yo, and, and he doesn't even because he knows he he knows that he doesn't even know the answer to that. He probably didn't know the preamble, so he denies her right to vote because uh, she did she didn't pass the test. By the way, man, don't you? Part of me is like we should bring that on back, bring that test back. But <laughs> when we say having job, to know the preamble, no, we say was interesting. No people. People like one of our friends. Like, I'm just uh, tired of. But well, it should be oh, no, not, not everyone having to know the preamble. Have, but everyone, but just like you should test. like be like, do you like? It should just be like race race questions. Like, do you believe in racism? Yes, denied. <laughs> like, do you consider yourself racist? No. How many black friends you got? None. <laughs> denied. One. Denied. <laughs> no, but it's funny because like these tests is so insane. Like our friend uh, Juan. Uh, he just he had to to take an American citizenship citizenship test. I remember when he was studying for it, he was telling me the questions, and I'm like, bro, I remember this from fourth grade at some point. But you got you have to know like he had to know like the congressman and like. Are you like, talking about to become a citizen? To become a citizen, oh, like yeah. the test totally. was so intense. I'm like, oh, 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 man, yeah, yeah, this is insane. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, most American citizens couldn't pat couldn't. No. If they had to take a test to become an American citizen, you'd fail it. But can you, I mean, again, I know I'm, I'm going to stop saying this. But again, like, Oprah's character, do we remember, do you know her name, James? The her character? name is like this, Annie, Lee, Annie Lee Cooper. Annie Lee, this woman is trying to vote. And this is, again, 1960s. This is in the 60s. Yeah. This ain't 80 years ago. No. This ain't 100 years ago. No. It's 50. This is a lifetime ago. ago. It's. Yo, uh, okay, so then we, uh, and then are we with the little girls? Yes, oh and then the next sequence is the the little girls, who I think the first time I saw it, I, rem- I knew what they were about to do. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I forgot both times. I forgot again. I forgot because I, I saw the, the boy, and I was like, oh, there's this. no boy. That that was when I first got upset. Like, the the voting thing was upsetting to me because I remem- remembered the the point the crux of the whole movie right but i had forgotten that that was a thing that they showed in the movie and then the second they start walking through the church i just got angry 
and rem- and remembered I the the image was burned in my brain that from the first time that she gets the we see a girl blow up interrupted mid talking about something very childlike talking about their hair. hair you know talking, talking about, about their their hair, their hair. and I re- I remember that sticking with me the first time I saw the movie so then when we get to that scene this time I, that was the beginning of me being just very upset in the while watching it and 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 that was all the time that you know what that the the feeling of of yeah. of that terror. your life being that terror was all the time for oh, for people in this what i what what yeah first of all i for, i forgot again that that happened and like when it happened i got so i like just got scared i was like oh my god and then i was just like holy crap cuz they're just gone and it Ava doesn't make it bloody. She kind of like has it. So you just, you kind of see their like clothes. Like, yeah, you know it's like I mean? a dream. It's almost like a dream. Like, which, which kind of, I understand. I was like, oh, cause it stuns you so much that you're just like, did that just happen? Like that really yeah. just happened. We had a rug um, in my uh, den that had the girls on it uh, praying. It was a, what, oh, like a woman oh. rug. And the, but the uh, brown, dreamlike uh floating you know sequence that they show here yeah. looks a lot like the rug that i had which i think also is part of why um that that image sticks with me because i feel that connection to the, the rug that we had uh, i i just i can't help thinking about the fact that you know we live in an age uh where the, you know, a lot of terrorist attacks a lot of terrorist attacks are happening not just in this country but in other countries you know and kind of like the media kind of makes it seem like oh my god what's happening this has never happened before this is like a new evil you know and then they try to associate that with islam like islam is the reason that these things are happening you know what i mean like these people are becoming rad- like radical islam is the reason that all of these like horrific things are happening what kind of evil race would do that and this just this scene reminded me like uh, oh, right. <laughs> Just 50 years ago in our country, this was happening at a frequency much like stronger than it is now today. Mm-hmm. Much it, which, uh, with a, a much larger frequency again and again and again. But it was being perpetuated by the citizens of this country against their fellow citizens. There was mm-hmm. zero accountability. And most of with police. Police help. Help. Well, let me tell you what's so interesting about this movie is that in this scene in particular, and you know what? I usually don't like crapping on movies, but again, I now hate two movies. I hate The Help. I hate Hidden Figures. <laughs> so you know what? I'm about to crap on Hidden Figures uh. and The Help. So for instance, one of the things I dislike about those movies is that they didn't feel subtle. Like this scene right here, like, and we, I feel like I bring this up a lot. Like the girls are talking about hair. But they're talking about a certain thing. They're talking about like, oh, I want my hair like this person's. Uh, you can't do that. She got that good hair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That conversation between girls are like, no, nah, I want to get my hair like this. I want to get my hair like that. That is something that a black woman or a person of color would know to write about. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that is a conversation that you would know. That is a subtlety of someone who understands that culture. Whereas like, if I look at like hidden fences, I mean, <laughs> hidden fences. <laughs> you think now I you're doing it. it. <laughs> Uh, You're doing it. Oh, uh, Golden Globes. Golden Globes. Hidden fences. 
<laughs> I look at like hidden figures. Excuse me, hidden figures. That subtlety is not there. <laughs> it's not there. Like you don't understand it. But like here is like such a small thing. It's not a big deal. And it's like, oh, now we get that this is what people of color did. All right. Just because you brought up the writing, I just have to talk about this real quick. Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready do. for it? Yes, please. Okay. So I also noticed that the writing in this film was like, I was like really spot on. and felt really specific, especially watching Hidden Figures. Tessa and I both noticed that. It, and then after the end of the movie, we were looking at the credits and we saw it written by Paul Webb. And I was oh, like, Webb. Paul Webb? Look this dude up. It's a white guy. No other, really pretty much no other credits except for this movie. And I was like, damn, is Paul Webb married to some black woman? How did he know all about this? So I dug a little closer, dug a little further, looked a little closer. Man, Paul Webb did not write this screenplay. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. So what you trying to say, Bray? Paul Webb wrote the screenplay back in 2007. He wanted it to be about MLK and Lyndon B. Johnson. Okay. <laughs> the screenplay got attached to a couple of directors. It got passed, blah, blah, blah. Basically, uh, the Lee Daniels, uh, who directed The Butler, uh, was attached to direct. That's when David Yellowwell came on. Uh, but then Lee Daniels was like, actually, I'm going to go make The Butler. Sorry. So he left. There was no director. David Yellowo kept pressing, trying to get a director for this because he remained on the project. Uh, this was in 2010 when Lee Daniels left. Uh. Uh, in 2013, David Yellowo was like, uh, you know what? We got to get Ava DuVernay. Called up Oprah. Got Oprah to help produce. Uh, Plan B was already producing it. Uh, told Oprah about Ava. They got Ava on board. Ava didn't have to audition, didn't have to give a pitch or whatever. They just basically were like, oh, well, our MLK said that you were the person. You won the Sundance thing, so you're good to go. And then they, and then Ava went on to rewrite 90% of the script. Yo, 90%. 90%. She rewrote most of the script. Uh, she added a lot of different characters. She rewrote the third act completely. wasn't even in the film before. Obviously, she added in moments like this that you know for a fact that Paul Webb could not have written. Uh, she, re- she wrote all of MLK's speeches. None of the speeches in this film were made by MLK because... I Steven Spielberg has the rights to MLK's speeches. Yeah. How does Steven Spielberg have the rights? Because he, bought, he, he purchased the rights from the MLK estate to make a movie. He purchased them in 2009. He still has not made a movie. Because he's waiting to make The year his... is 2017. Yeah. That is seven years, uh, eight years, excuse me. He still has not made his movie because, you know, he's too busy making Steven Lincoln. Spielberg owns yeah, he the he rights to, make, to MLK's speeches? He wants to yeah. make his King movie. He wants the, to make his King movie. When they asked him, can we get some of those rights? He said, F you. And they said, okay. I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm, he, he didn't say that. Jarrah's face. He, but here's he the thing. Wait, 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 if wait, you wait, guys wait. could see hey, Jarrah's face. This is the same shit when I think about like Paul McCartney owning Michael Jackson's fuck. Yep. Yo. I was just thinking that same thing. Like, my, like you, you, you. Okay, Steven a, Spielberg yo, th- owns the rights to MLK's speeches. He would not give them up. Therefore, Ava DuVernay rewrote MLK speeches. Those speeches are not MLK's. So to do that, in order to do that, she listened to his speeches constantly. And so did David. 
over and over and over and over again so that she can get the rhythm, she can get the, you know, tonality, she can get kind of some of the things that he did, but recreate it in a way that it makes you feel like this is an MLK speech, but it is not an MLK speech. I just, I had just read that right before. uh, Oh, by the way, she didn't get credit for the movie. And that is the most insane thing. How do we not know that? Because she downplayed it. She didn't want any controversy. I mean, honestly, good for her. She did what MLK does in this film, which is she she takes on the pain and the suffering to herself to promote the greater good, which is getting Paul Webb and Ava DuVernay. So the reason that it could not is because they signed a contract when they bought the rights to Paul Webb's screenplay that he has the option of saying that he has sole credit of the film. Oh, right? you son of a bitch. Uh, because he's not, a, he's not a part of the WGA, and neither was Ava yet because she's a black woman. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, to get a part of the WGA, I mean, you gotta... You gotta be a white man. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> uh, but... What? So, because of the contract, they... You know, he has the option to say that he has sole credit. So she asked him, hey, can I get, you know, a partial credit in this? Because, you know, I wrote it. And... Uh, Paul and then Webb he said, said computers. You, he uh, said computers don't get credit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he said? He looked at her, he looked at her and said, uh, yeah, "Computers don't get credit." He said, "Please step into the back of the bus." Oh. Uh, oh. So Ava DuVernay did not get credit for writing the film, even though she wrote the film. Of course, she wrote the film. A white person did not write the. Honestly, when I found out that fact, I was like, "Oh my!" I'm googling God. it right now. He looked so, like a bitch. <laughs> Uh, Gerard Milligan. Nah, man, he looked like a bitch. This is my thing about this is my thing about that shit. That's pissing me the fuck off. All right, so there's two things that just pissed me off on what Bray just told me. One, and I love Steven Spielberg, but the fact that this motherfucker owns the speeches <laughs> to Martin Luther King and this son of a bitch wouldn't let a woman wouldn't let a movie that a black woman is writing and directing about Martin Luther King that ain't even about his fucking life. You're not gonna Say let her do it. one speech. Fuck Say that it. dude. And you know what movie he's doing right now? Robocalypse. About goddamn robots. How many people of color you think he got in that movie, Bray? I don't and know. And how many Fucking movies one. about robots has he already done? But this is my point. This is I my mean, point. I already know he did Lincoln and didn't have Frederick Douglass. By the way, we are never going no, to make no, it. No, fuck it. No, fuck it. This is my thing about it. If Steven Spielberg want to have a conversation, about be like, hey, yo, Steven Spielberg, no offense, fuck you for this shit. Let me tell you why. Say it. some bitch-ass shit. My thing Say is, it. I'm a grown-ass man. If I do some bitch-ass shit, I expect you two to tell me, hey, Dra, no offense, it. you being a little punk right now, fix your shit. I Steve told you we were going to get black on this podcast. Dude, dude, this, this motherfucker owns the rights of the speeches. Yes, and then you going to tell me this dude, Paul Webb, right? Paul Webb, a motherfucker who probably wrote a fucking The Help Hidden Biggie's <laughs> Ass right, script. No, I'm saying? No, I'm saying? But he wrote one of them probably punk-ass scripts, okay? He going to write one of those. And then you going to tell me a black woman went, rewrote it. Made it good, and you're going to give her partial credit for it? No. It ain't like she's saying, I want the full credit. Right. I want partial. Let's split it. And you're going to say no? Man, fuck this dude. Mm-hmm. Hollywood is shut down. All production has stopped, and funding for new projects is tough to come by. There has never been a better time to talk through the entertainment industry's issues and try to reimagine Hollywood. And that's what Hollywood the Sequel, a new podcast from LAS Studios, will be doing. Listen as journalist John Horn talks to some of the most important and up-and-coming actors, producers, and directors about what we can expect the future of Hollywood to look like. And more importantly, how it should look. Will there be greater representation for women or people of color? Will there be a return to the small and intimate movie? Will there be a permanent shift towards streaming and away from movie theaters? 
Are YouTube, TikTok, and podcasts reshaping the media landscape once and for all? Can movie theaters rebound from shutdown with streaming and social distances as a norm? As Hollywood the sequels ask these questions and more, this limited-run series will spark an ongoing conversation about how to use the current crisis as an opportunity to fix the entertainment industry's fault lines. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive Hollywood the sequel trailer. Available June 23rd. Download Hollywood the sequel for free at laist.com slash Hollywood the sequel or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's L-A-I-S-T dot com slash Hollywood the sequel. Hey there, it's Lindsay Katai and Kelly Nugent from Teen Creeps, the podcast about YA pulp fiction. We love trashy teen horror and whether you'll admit it or not, you do too. So cinch up those side ponytails, push your pogs to one side, fire up your 56K dial-up modem and subscribe to Teen Creeps only on the Forever Dog Network. New episodes every Wednesday. I'm sorry to curse. I'm trying my best not to curse. That got me mad today. I'm sorry. I love how after that litany of curse words you said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, but it's like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Like, this woman literally rewrote everything herself, yo. Mm -hmm. Listen to speeches and made up speeches. Made up speeches. Come on, man. Made up brilliant speeches, too. To the the point where while while Tessa and I were watching the movie, (laughs) Tessa was like, man, man, I... I need to know more about Martin Luther King's speeches. Like, these are so great. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm listening to these speeches. I'm like, these speeches are amazing. MLK can write a speech. Meanwhile, it's Ava DuVernay writing a speech. Yo, man, I'm sorry about being mad, but God, come on. What? Come on, this woman. <laughs> Yo. Oh, Yo, and she wasn't nominated doing? for Best Director. Yo, but the dude we... who directed Foxcatcher was. Okay, anyway. Um, uh, we're never making it to Hollywood. It's okay. I, no, I, I, listen, again. I, I again, disagree with that no, statement again. because... Because we we can be this angry at Spielberg and Paul Webb for for Honestly, exactly about, this. T- stuff. This is how I think about it. What Dura's saying is like, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, let's a black person. Could you ima- imagine this? Could you imagine a German person buying the rights to Anne Frank's diary, and then ref- and then not making a movie about Anne Frank for years? And then could you, could you that, imagine what that would be like in Hollywood? Like, wh- what would the Jewish community say about that? Could you so imagine a me, Jewish woman who wants to direct it? It's like, yo, let me just get like some. Exactly. Some. Yo, I'm try- I, listen, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like use some of this like exact. And they're like, nah, nah, sorry about that. I got the rights. Explain it to me, Steven. Now, I know there's money involved in all this stuff, but it's just like. Mm, anyway, no. Explain it to me, Stephen. Maybe Stephen did say. Maybe it was like something that we just don't know. Wasn't it, it also, better be something else? And to Steven. be fair, wasn't it also? I mean, probably shouldn't be calling out production companies, but it was Steven Spielberg and a deal he had with. It was with like, with, the, with MLK's estate. Yeah, yeah. Explain it to me, Stephen. Uh, but anyway, um, so moving. On. Gosh, <laughs> really? we're only five minutes <laughs> in the movie right <laughs> now. Too. So basically, yeah, but- after that scene happens, they kind of cut back, and MLK is like, Selma did it? Oh, no. No, no. They go, uh, what do they do? They go to- They go to the White House. B. Johnson. They go yeah, to Lyndon B. Johnson. And basically, Lyndon B. Johnson's like, look, I just did the Civil Rights Act. Like, it, it just happened. Can we, like, can, I, can we, like, take a break on this, like, black people being equal rights thing? And now people are going to say, no, he was for it and blah, 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 blah. But like the pol- it's like, listen, we all know that he was for it in a way. 
You don't think he was putting the, trying to put the pause on this thing? Of course he was. He's a politician. He's a politician. Calm down. Yeah. No politicians are freaking saviors. Nope. None of them. They Not even Obama. And I love Obama. Yeah. Let's be real. They are politicians. So it's, it's his job to say, look, I got politics to worry about. And MLK's job is to say, I don't give a damn about your politics. Black people out here getting beat in the streets. We can't vote. We're gonna go get. We're gonna go march. Sorry, and that's basically what happened. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because the thing is, like, and they called him an agitator, and it's one of the things where, like, even before he came in, Lyndon B. Johnson said something to his, uh, his, his right hand, his, yeah. um, yeah, like, who was, was chief, his chief of staff. staff, and it's like they already before before Martin Luther King walked in, he was already treated like a problem. Yeah, because it yeah. was like like it just well, like a legit problem. It's like, oh goodness gracious, when will they ever be satisfied? He was a problem, and I what I like what I like he was a problem to Lyndon B. Johnson. And what I liked about it too was that they call out that that uh, element of I would rather be working with you than one the of those other one, relatives. like Malcolm X, one of those one of Malcolm X. Yeah. than Malcolm X. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was I really liked that. Which touch. goes to show you the legitimacy of those kind of movements, even though I will always like lean towards the nonviolent movements because at the end of the day, I think those are the movements that get things done. But without the threat of these other movements, mm-hmm. people can ignore this one. And, and what's so interesting, like, I know we get there, but when Malcolm X shows up, he says that exact same thing. He exactly. was like, tell them I'm here so that way it will help them listen to Martin. Because he's like, because if I'm here, I remember... And this is after he changed, too. Yeah. After he, like, his whole... Yeah, he said, I'm out. he was out of the Nation of Islam yeah. at this time. He's banned. Um, but then after this, after this scene with Linda B. Johnson, this is when they go they scout gotta, Selma. Selma. Yeah, they go, well, they're like, Selma it is. Because the work was already laid out. They kind of had already laid, started laying the groundwork for it. Mm-hmm. And like some of these student unions, scan, right? That's what, right? Or, S-C-N-N. So did they say scan? Is that how they I think they said, said it in the scan? I, I think they but did. But it's S-C-N-N. Because I remember they were saying like a word. like Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, so they get there. And then what... Oh, this is this is what this is what you said earlier. Like this is again. I wish Hidden Figures did this. Like they they blended the seriousness with with the comedy so well. It was like they walked they walked MLK in. Um, was it a hotel? Maybe like I don't know where they land and they walk him in a oh, building. That's right. Yeah. And no, it like, was like, if, it was a hotel. It was a hotel, right? Mm-hmm. They walk him in. Is they're gonna like go through everything and like this white guy walks down. Hey, Martin walks up to him and punches him straight in the face. Yeah, he's like, can I shake? He says, can I shake your hand? I think. Oh, does oh, yeah? Can I say hello? Can I shake your hand? Something and then like he that. and Martin's like oh, certainly, and he goes over to shake this guy's hand, and he just punches him in the face. By the way, a cop is standing by, doesn't do anything. Listen, a cop grabs him off after it, he punches, which after is he punches. which exact. Well, exactly. I, I but doesn't I, arrest that, the guy. That's the whole thing about this about the about this time that it is so is so. I mean, it's not crazy, right? But it's that is so crazy that the cop is there. The cop does pull the man off of him. But then that is the extent of the cop's involvement in the altercation. Yeah. But what makes the scene so good is that, like, as they're taking Martin Luther King away, you hear him saying his breath, that white boy sure can hit. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you yeah. get that moment, like, you see he is yeah. a person. And they're also song. like, this place is perfect. Yeah, perfect. This place is perfect. Because yeah. they know how much white hate is in this town and how they're going to use that to, you know, further the movement. Hey, and, on the dri- and on the drive down, and on the drive down, uh, Coleman Domingo's character uh, is not orange, not young. Abernathy is like 
is saying the whole time, like, oh, this 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 place, this is a perfect place to die. You know, he's right. like, he's and t- they all make that joke. Was some one thing I noticed? They all make that joke, and Martin even does it later on in the movie. Yeah, all make the death. And Coretta's jokes. like, don't joke about. Yeah, that. you can joke about that with them. Don't joke about that with me. Hey, can I ask you guys a random question? Yeah, and yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna try not to be militant anymore because I feel like I'm getting a little hot. It's right okay. Now. It's so okay. when people say make America great again, you think is this time period they talking about? I think they talking about definitely. They, they're it's talking time, about right? they're talking about like the fifties. No, I think they're talking about right before this. Yeah, fifties. Yeah. Oh, well, so before this? Before yeah, this. I think they're talking about this, before this. This was civil too rights. much. Too people were starting to be a little too so before tall. the civil rights movement. Around, yeah. around this time, yeah, before the civil okay. rights movement. Okay, okay. Not so. I just want to point out again that no one knows when America was great, but we know that when they thought it was great, it wasn't great for everybody. Oh, that, it's so oh, interesting. Yeah. I, and John, I I heard in John Stewart interview was like people kept asking like this question like when was america great or when did it stop being great but they never asked the question why is america great and that's a that's an interesting thing it's like make america great again well what what is great about america like what do you think is great about america for me what's great about america is that a movement like this can happen within the frameworks of the constitution it's like even though they weren't living by the all the you know we are all equal <laughs> yeah uh you know that was in there and so that people could take those words and say hey you wrote it this is what we're going to live by i mean but no nah, i mean people are just talking about yeah they you know they I like mean, the time where like black people sat at the back of bus yeah it's when you think ch- about this movie and everything it's like this <laughs> these people are fighting for like little goals right like they're fighting this this if you think about the the, the grand scheme of things the 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 right to vote is a small thing it's a thing that every citizen is supposed to have. To, to be able to walk into a grocery store, like, break your parents, like, one's black, one's white. They should be able to walk down the street. Like, that is a thing. Right. Like, this is a small thing. And it's like, when I think it back in my head of like, oh, yeah, people hate you solely because of how you physically, not because you're not smart, not because you're, like, poor, because of how you physically look. And it's just because it's different. And but even then, now but, we but live then, in that. But then it's... But it is not just because of how you look. That that ultimately ends up being the only difference is how you look. But then the look has then the other con- connotation. They're not smart. They, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, but like, and like, even the scene, like, even after the scene, they go, they go, they talk to the, the to, to the to the group, and that's when um oh, the student group, the student group. Yeah, and what's the guy's James. name? He um Stephen James plays a very famous activist. Oh my god, John Lewis. John Lewis. He plays John Lewis. John Lewis. If you don't know, you should really look up John Lewis. There should be a movie about John Lewis, by the way. If yeah. you go to the African American Museum, there's a section on John Lewis. <laughs> like, legit. There's a section on him because he's so important to the civil rights movement and just being a human. Anyway, but they talk to them and they say, like, ask about the sheriff. And uh, Andre from Empire brings up how they... <laughs> by the way, to me, this is the kind of detail... That I'm sorry, I just don't have faith in a white director finding. This is the kind of thing that gets glossed over. This is the kind of thing that, or even if it, or even if it is mentioned, it's mentioned very briefly and never brought back. This thread line that Gerard's bringing up right now is is one that continues through the uh, the, the movie. Never never like never lets up. Mm-hmm. You see it uh, up and down, up and down. Like this tension between this student group that has been there and they're they're upset 
with the SELU because they're like, you're only here when the cameras are here. Mm-hmm. You don't care. You don't really care about us. You care about getting the newspapers and the, and the cameras and having your photo press. And then you leave. And then we have to do the grunt work. Yeah. We're stuck with it. We're stuck with it. Not you. You're not here. Talk about you're, you're not here. And you're not. And what, Albany, they said, right? Yeah, where did he lose? Like they, they, they right before this, um, they messed up. Where, where, freak, where was Martin before this? Um, they said Albany. Is that where it was? But like, I don't know where. Yeah, they yeah. do say Albany. They, but okay, I don't know because they messed up somewhere. Basically, what they did was they like, and Martin admitted that they underestimated the sheriff in the town. Whereas they were like, "Do we have? Are we going against that type of sheriff, or are we going against a dumb, hateful one?" And when they said, oh, it's the dumb, hateful version, they're like, perfect, because we can exploit that, you know? You can exploit that type of hate. And it's interesting because even at this point, there's still, like, like John just said, there's still a mistrust that will never go away. Because even, you know, not to skip along, but, like, when they finally do, when they finally leave the scene, they gather people, and they march to the town hall, and Martin even says, now we have something we never had before. We have a battleground. We have, like, we have the place where we need to get to. We have the place where we can show up. So they get people, and they stage. Is, is it considered a sit-in if they're sitting outside? I know that's a dumb question, but, like, when the people right, sit on the street. Right, Or, like. What is that called? Because it's still, like, they're sitting. Sit-in. It's still yeah, a sit-in. It's, it's just outside, right? But they're outside. It's still a sit-in, though. Yeah. Because basically they, they do this, the, the sit-down, the sit-in, yeah. or whatever. And, of course, the dumb, uh, the dumb, the dumb racist sheriff. <laughs> Comes through, beats up the old man, which, guys, the reason this movie was so tough is my stepfather is, is 71. Yeah. He looks just like this man. I was, I, honestly, I was yo, thinking the same thing. Yo, met you see, yeah, if you remember, he looks. And I was like, this looks just like Jurassic Yo, like, huh. he looks oh. just like him. Yeah. And the thing is, like, even when I saw this movie the first time, it was so difficult because when you look at this. Um, and that, by the way, oh my God. That I'm actor. Glad, yeah, I find that. That actor uh, was. So, yeah, even think about so, now, it's so, going to be so sad. So good. good. Like, Honestly, he deserved so a good. he deserved a supporting actor nomination because dude, he was so good. That scene was better than like most scenes that I see in in most films. Dude, it was so sad because my man is like he's 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 eighty four at the at the time in this movie. They make sure you know how old he is. He's eighty four, the oldest person in this household. He has a son who's like twenty something, who's fresh out of the. Oh, wow, he's in Whiplash. Fresh out of the service. That that dude, Henry G. Sanders. Who is he in Whiplash? Uh, I mean, it just says that actors. It just says uh, Red Head Henderson. I don't know. Man, that Probably dude. One of those jazz dudes. Oh, maybe one. Probably maybe one. Uh, right? Yeah. Maybe don't was. they play? He does. Because yeah, because he does go in and play like um, um, J.K. Simmons goes and plays in like the jazz bar with like his elite people. But like, my thing is, so they have that. Oprah's there. Oprah's character's there, and like they start just beat. They just start beating an old man. If you think about this, they're beating an old man in broad daylight in front of a bunch of people, right? And the thing that's so bad about it is because. Again, they are police. No one's stopping this. It's a nonviolent movement, so you can't pull them off because now everyone's going to be arrested. The son tries to step in. Oprah's character gets up. After everything she's been through, hits this guy in the back of the head. Right? She couldn't yeah. take it no more. But the beauty of this shot, though, is that as they're pulling her to the ground, for some reason they put like a GoPro or something on her face. Yeah. No, no sound, no screaming, and you just feel like... it is. That's some of the best acting I've seen yeah, overdo. And that scene is so quick. Ah, oh, my a goodness. Majorly impactful moment. Yo, by the way, this dude, Henry Sanders, who mm-hmm. plays the older man, has been acting since 1970. Wow. And just like small parts, movie after movie, TV show after TV show, just small, tiny parts. Dude, he was so good, man. Small, tiny parts. He was so, and the thing is, the amount of hope that that man had every time he looked at Martin Luther King and just the thought 
of before he dies, he'll be able to vote. Guys, there are people nowadays, like I, I have friends, and I'm not about to harp on this, but I have friends today who are African-Americans who did not vote because they didn't want to, because they didn't believe in it, all right? And I understand people's fault with, like, the system and, again, like, the popular vote versus electoral college, but these people, di- people died. People legitimately died. Not that long ago. At MTV, one of the best yeah. things that MTV has ever done, MTV got a woman who was 16 years old at the time of Selma. And um, she was 16. She was also beaten when they did. She was there the first time they attempted without Bloody Martin. Sunday. Bloody Sunday. She was there then. 16-year-old girl beaten to the edge of her life, still went back. So she could vote, so her grandkids could vote, so people could vote and just be a human. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the world we live in. Like, this woman's still alive. She still remembers it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, I got to say, watching this movie, one, made me, oh, I almost cried like like 12 times, um, mostly because I was just like, these people did so much. And then it also made me kind of feel like, what? What what am I doing? What am I doing? Like what what the hell? I kept going back and forth. So <laughs> what so, am I doing? I I I write a lot of comedy about this stuff, and Jira and I go back and forth about Jira is like Jira says this all the time that uh, black people getting harmed is not funny, and I and I and I write things where uh, people where black people die in the comedy that I'm, that I'm, that I'm writing to call out the unu- uh, things that are unusual about that. Yeah. And watching this movie the whole time, I kept going back and forth about, about what I do and like what the legitimacy of what mm. I think I'm doing, you know? Uh, and, and it, and it made me, it made me even question a lot of that stuff. Like I, I, I think that these things are precious and, you know, uh, approaching it through comedy is my way of doing it. But then, but then, like to see, just to see that the violence enacted in that way really, really made me cycle through and and rethink a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because like most of the stuff we, because we're a generation where we didn't physically have to go through it. Now, even our parents may not have. But it's like when you think about. This is real. Like, it's, it's not like this thing that's like in movies. Like, this is a thing that happened again 51 years ago. And it's like, it's hard. To me, it's like, it's, it's so easy. Not saying you can't laugh at things, but it's so easy to like Oof. make a joke about, you know, racism. It's so easy to make a joke about, like, especially we live in New York right now. It's easy for us to do it because we're shielded from everything. Honestly, like New York, LA, DC to an extent. But like, every time I go visit my cousins or something like in the South, I'm like, oh shit. Every time I go back down there, like my mom lives across with people who we know voted for Trump because on the morning of the election, they drove around my mom's neighborhood in a, a golf was one of those golf carts that had Trump's flags on on it with the Confederate flag right under it. Like this wow. is the world that exists. Speaking of, I, we're like jumping around a bit, which yes. is fine. Um, but like there are so many. So because, you know, there are shots where they're like they're doing these small marches, you know what I mean? And. Uh, and uh, you have the white people in the background, like screaming, like the N word at them and stuff like that. And like waving the Confederate flag, the Confederate flag keeps being shown and it's clearly being used as a sign of being like, we hate you. And the idea that there are still people today, like honestly, like wherever you're listening, <laughs> we have listeners from the South. Uh, 
And like, you know, people who like talk about how the Confederate flag is just for Southern pride and that kind of thing. You have to like tell them like that. You just, it's not, no, stop it. It's not allowed to say that that flag doesn't mean that the, that doesn't mean like you support the Confederacy. You support the reason that they fought for the civil war was slavery period. Like it's not a debate and they try to pretend I was listening to this history podcast where the, they try to pretend that the war wasn't about slavery literally like immediately after it happened, immediately after it happened, the South tried to rewrite history and say like, it wasn't about slavery. It was about like a state's rights. And they were like, yeah, your rights to own slaves. Like, what are you talking about? It was always about that. In fact, in many speeches, the generals of the Confederacy gave, talked about the fact that they were doing this because of slavery. It's in their writings. It's like the most blatantly obvious thing. It's like basically what's trying to, like what's happened now where like Trump tries to tell people that they didn't hear something that we all saw and heard him do. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't say that. It's like, dude, we have your tweet. What are you talking about? Like we have your, we all see this. We yeah. all saw when you said it. There yeah. are videos of it. You can't just pretend like you didn't say it. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Anyway, th- that, and, that, and but th- this exact thing, I really like how it's addressed in the in the movie. I don't want to skip ahead too much, but I no, do like the, but I do like the moment. I do like the moment when LBJ talks to. George Wallace and just stops for a moment and goes, "What are you even doing? Like, what, <laughs> yeah, he why, does. Why, he does. why are you doing this? You've always been for poor people. You know, speaking about people yeah. of color, LBJ is in in that moment. You know, you've always been for poor people. So why, if you if you advocate for their rights, oh, that's gonna like, be that's like, gonna be better for you. Like, you agree that the the rights have the the the, the blacks have the right to vote, right? And he's like, oh, I do. There's no denying that. It's the law." <laughs> Yo, he's I so love when he's like, I do. What? There's no denying Yo, that. It's the law. But There's nothing I can do. Those are, I don't have any control over it. It's my also, constituents. It's my constituents. <laughs> he's like, don't, don't give me that bull. You, you control the constituent. Like, and then, yeah, you're the one yeah, in but charge. Then he, but then, yeah, when he says that, like, why are you doing this? He's just like, it's just the way things are. Yeah. What? It's I the mean, way things are. But then oh. Martin Luther King is the one who speaks the truth about it, which is they, they, they purposely, uh, distract poor white voters from looking at the people who are actually causing them problems. The people who are rich up here at the top, the way that they are distracted is that they get to hold in their hearts. They get to tell their starving kids like, well, at least you're still better because you're white. Yeah. You always yeah. have that. You, you may not have food. You may, uh, you know, be getting crapped on by the 1%, but you know what? At least you're white and you're not like, those violent, degenerate, uneducated, oh, dumb black people that live in the city. I mean, it's so like when you think about it, it's so sad, man. It's like this is the thing where it's like it it makes it so sad is that like we're talking about this right now. We're talking about this. Tim movie. Roth was great, by the way. He, he was, was great. Every, I thought <laughs> everybody did. Was, everybody so was great. Good. But the thing is like the thing about Tim Roth though is like they gave him moments where like you saw him alone, which again, they could have made him a straight villain, because he was right. the villain in this movie. They could have made him a straight villain. And you saw moments of like, like even that conversation is like, it is the law. Like I can't deny. Yeah. Like it's the thing of like, yes, it's the way of life. And there was one moment, um, it was one moment after the footage aired of like Bloody Sunday. And you see him watching it. And the thing yeah. is, it, it, 
him watching it can be interpreted in many different ways. It could be like, oh, crap, now I'm going to have a problem. Or to me, I took it as like a human seeing other humans be beaten. Yeah. And it's like there was a split second, and like I don't – you could interpret how you want. I try to interpret it like this man still has some type of freaking heart. It's like you see it. Like these are women. And, dude, they literally there, have yeah, whips. That, and like, there was that great scene between him and uh, – I don't – who was he? He was like a colonel? Like what the Oh, the guy, the guy from Office Space? <laughs> right. The guy from I don't know. Who his was name. the guy from Office the guy from Space? Office Space? Yeah. Uh uh what was his name? Mel Mel or Melvin on Melvin, Office Melvin or whatever. <laughs> He's like, I'll burn the whole plate down. Uh but, yeah, no, so <laughs> but uh no, there there was that conversation where he was just like, Can we just freaking get this stupid sheriff in check? And the and the guy was like, if Jesus Christ himself came down. And Jesus Christ himself and George Washington came down and said, you got to treat those black people nicely. He would beat their ass and lock them in the jail. Yeah, yeah. which is insane. I was like, yeah, yeah, it, it shows it doesn't. None of this stuff matters. It's just like when you're when you hold on to hate that strongly in your heart, it completely corrupts and and completely you lose all sense of humanity. Which yeah. is so interesting because I know this sounds so dumb and I know there's so many answers for it, but. Just why, man? Like you think about it, it's like why, like why, like why is there so much innate hatred? You know, it's like yeah. it's like yeah, you could think about like some people use, you know, back in slavery, some people use the Bible, some people use intelligence, some people use violence now. Whereas like we know that's not the case, but it's like you know people use like welfare, which again we know uh, the answers to that. But it's like it's still so much hatred. But like yeah. what, dude? For yeah. what? In, okay, back to the movie. Back to the movie. Gotta get to the movie. Yeah, we've, I, we've, we've, we've hit some of these scenes. The like, there's this one scene that I want to talk about where they're like, they all come to uh, somebody's house. And what's her name? Nisi Nash. Nisi Nash. Uh, Jackson is her last name in the movie. Uh, um, and she's cooking for them. And they're, they have this very jovial, lighthearted moment where they're all joking with each other and talking about, the, like, talking about how much they're going to eat. You know what I mean? That that just was a yeah. nice thing that wasn't really in hidden. Is figures. it weird? Is it weird that like every time someone it was, was in happy in figures, this movie, but not like it didn't feel it didn't genuine. Feel it didn't feel genuine. Richie Jean Jackson. Richie Jean. Like to me, it's like she's it was in uh, crazy. Reno nine one one, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice and um, it was funny because when they had this moment, they all were in one place and they were so happy that I was like, "Is something about to happen?" Like when I first, I was like. Oh yeah, it's too much yeah. joy. It's it too starts. Much joy. It, start, it starts like, to give you the same tension that. Martin Luther King feels, and they have this great scene with him and Coretta talking about, like, because she keeps getting these phone calls with just people just giving death threats. Which the FBI is behind. Yeah. Which is, which is a thing, like, yo, the, like, literally they were like, the government's like, uh, there's, there's tension in the house. We can break up the family. Like, you know what I'm saying? Literally, they're, literally people were calling her. People were calling his wife. With like people having sex, claiming it was him, and of, of course Martin did have adultery issues. But like my man is in here, like yo, that's not me. There's there's voice of people having sex. That's not me. You're hearing this. People are threatening to kill you, kill your kids. Like what do you like? What do you do? Like this is yeah. real life, and this is the government of the country that you live in. And he put, he never backed down, which I think is. An amazing time. And she too. never divorced and, and him. And she never divorced him. And, and never they both, remarried. They both together. They both like you know? took that on their shoulders. Could you imagine what Ooh, that must do? That is to strength. You? That is so that is when I go, look, 
this is a man, and this man has faults, but oh my God, all the things that he did for so many people. He didn't have to. He didn't. He could have ran away. He could have hid. He could have took his Nobel Peace Prize and lived in Europe and, and just wrote essays. He could have stopped. He could have been like, I did the Civil Rights Act. I'm, I'm going to hide in the freaking you know, mountains and live a solid life of solitude with my family and make sure my kids are safe and make sure I don't get assassinated. It's just so crazy how many things. He and risked death every day. Every day, every day he risked death. And it's a thing of like... Knew it was coming. And it's so funny. In that conversation you're talking about, Bray, his wife talks about like the money. She talks about all the things she she accepts because the reason... Oh my god! Wait, this, maybe there's two different conversations I'm getting mixed up. But like one of these no, conversations, yeah, that's that's the yeah. And like, and then she talks about like one of the things she did not expect and does not want to accept is death. Yeah, the yeah. This, the the at, like the stench of death, like how the fog, how it, it follows like them. Yeah, and it's just like the death, and and it's an interesting thing because like, I mean, we all know Coretta afterwards is the one who like lobbied for Martin Luther King to have mm-hmm. a holiday. Also, she built like if you go down to his. His tomb, surrounded by water and all this stuff, is like this fantastic-looking structure in Atlanta, which you know people should see. But it's like this woman did so much for the movement in her own right. Yeah, in her own right. And it's like they're having this conversation, and you—I hate to keep—I know I just said it. This is the government, yo. For the yeah. most part, the, this is the, the government. The government. Yeah. both the federal and the state, and the, it's literally it's the federal, state, and local government are all against this movement. But yeah. with the beauty of this movie, as compared to a hidden figures or the help, is that it gave you those moments of honesty. It gave you the moments of like this dude, which is what I wanted. For instance, we we both we also we oh wanted my God, for the that hidden scene figures. when he calls. Oh, the singer, the singer, just to have a moment. Just so, Jackson, so she could sing. That's his favorite song. Uh, I read. It's what's it called? What's the, how's the song go again? The title is they, is the the lyrics that they sing. Um, I, I don't know, but all I know is that. And then in that moment too, it made me go look. And Ava DuVernay is is one showing his humanity of say this man needs help. It, it, and honestly, it's like a Jesus moment because I just think about Jesus like praying to God and being mm-hmm. like, take this cup from me. Like kind of like it was reminiscent yeah. of that for me. But Martin's calling this woman and this woman <clears throat> in the middle of the night just gets up and says, sure, Dr. King. And I'm like, the the fact that all these people are going like doing what they can, just putting in their little, like, I got to do this. I'm going to look, Dr. King is doing all these things. You know what? I can get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and sing. Yeah, and I remember and the husband being like, you know what? I'm going to let my wife sing to yeah, a man right. in 3 a.m. at night. And I remember having an understanding that that was a thing that happened. I didn't know with whom, you know, or, or how, but, yeah. but to see that in action in that way, it's late and he's just, he's, he in that moment is buried into the the windowsill and is like, or whatever it is he's sitting next to, and is like, I just need a little. I need to hear his voice. Yeah. You know, is. Uh, but the thing is, he got moments. Like the, my biggest problem with hidden figures is that that moment that Taraji gets where she's supposed to like tell off everyone in the room didn't feel earned because like we didn't see we didn't see her moments. Like yeah, we saw her running. Yeah, we saw. But when she ran, it was like cute music playing. Like this moment, you see. We didn't hear her talk about. No, even to herself, like to somebody. Like I mean, yeah. how many? Like how many moments do you like literally find yourself talking to yourself and talking to God when things are like rough? We never like, heard anything, yourself. and and 
Anyway, whatever. It's a different movie. But, take my, I mean, take it's my true, hand, Precious Lord's name. But what I'm simply saying is, like, you had this moment of him talking to his wife, and then in this conversation, they do address Martin's infidelity. Yeah. They do. Do you love them? Uh, no. Are, yeah. was, where's, do you love any of them? After Long Beat? No, first it was, do you love me? Yes, that's what it was. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love the others? Yeah. And, and, it's and that was a it's very, a long, very long, long I know, because I was real scared. Honestly, that was the most dramatic moment. Man, I was like, man. I was like, oh, no, is he going to say yes? I mean, after seeing Fences, I was like, oh, don't do it, Martin. Don't um, do this. I wanted to ask y'all, how did y'all feel about, because I remember we talked about this with, and I feel differently about it, about it in this movie than I did with um, Ali. But remember in Ali, the part where, like, you know, it's like, MOK shot. And they run up to to get him, and you're, and then it's just it's done, and then we just move on. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about that Malcolm X? We being see Malcolm X once, a you scene. know, and then and then we have like just a line that's and when I heard that Malcolm X was just shot just right. yesterday, how do you guys feel about that? How how it's used in the movie? See, it's interesting because at first I wanted to be like because I grew up. I hate to say idolizing, but I grew up like really invested. I grew up I mean, I, I always say hey. four years in a row for Black History Month that LA Perpetual helped because I have had a fascination. But I think like it's interesting that they didn't harp on it, but I feel like they did. Because yeah. I feel like they did because what Martin makes, because it is a different scene now I'm thinking about it. When Martin makes the joke about death, it is after Malcolm X is now dead. And my thing is, they may not be talking about Malcolm X directly, but the thing is, out of another African American leader, Malcolm X is number two. Yeah. This dude is now gone. Killed by black people as well. So he's killed by blacks, like while giving a speech. He's now making a joke about death because he is, and he says it throughout the movie. They keep killing our black leaders. Yeah. He is now the most famous one, and now he's the only one left. Or like, not the only one, but he's like the most famous one left. But he's, it's right. so crazy to think about a time where assassination was just, not only uh Occurring, but expected. Yeah, expected. Could you, I, I bro? Could you imagine that just started happening again? Where people, and there has to be something in the air where, like, it's just it, it's allowed. I, I guess it's the same thing about like school shootings for some. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, like, right. Once where, it starts happening and it, and it's in the zeitgeist, like for some reason it inspires more people to do it. Right. Like these random shootings that keep happening. That's what I was thinking about. There was these assassinations. I'm like. Well, they killed the president, so the oh now Malcolm X is dead. Oh, and now MLK, and oh now Robert Kennedy. Like right. they would just ki- they just start they were just killing people. Bruh, I to this day, the freaking George Wallace got assassinated. Yeah, yeah. George Wallace got assassinated. It's <laughs> so interesting. It's like I didn't, I did not watch Barack Obama's first inauguration in real time. I didn't because, You're too scared. but I mean, dude, I know ne- I would never forget the moment I cut that TV off. It's a shot of him, Lily, him and Michelle getting out the car, and it's a wide shot to just see. Those two walking just on the street. Yeah. Like, I was like, bruh, like, I, yo, like, I have, ne- like, it sounds so dumb. I know people talk about it all the time, but like, that type of fear yeah. that I had, I can't imagine living in that day and age where assassinations were regular right. and knowing that this could happen to me. I mean, I mean, and, and, and I know that like securities and things, this is a, what I'm about to say right now is a total sidebar and unnecessary, but I, I know that security is different now than, than the way it used to be. But I also think that that's part of why so many assassination theories are out there mm. because, you know, because it was happening so often and so frequently right. that, mm-hmm. that people 
that people make connections of like, oh, well, it must have been this government official right. that, that, you know, okayed this and that, like, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. The other thing is, too, it could be like the government maybe didn't do it, but they might have known about it and it didn't say anything. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, so... Uh, I mean, should we talk about the march? We should talk yeah, about the, I, the bloody thing I march. Skip to, I want to talk about Bloody Sunday. Yeah. Like how she shot that, I think was uh, again was weird. It was like not weird, but it was beautiful because it again it had like a surreal I mean, feel it was, to it, and it was long. Uh, listen, it was long. I would. Uh, I was about. I was about ready to move to Selma. Yeah, like, I was about to go. Let's go march right now. Yeah, <laughs> Bruh, It's yeah, and it's long. And the thing is, like the one thing I liked is that like it wasn't super. It was brutal, but it wasn't like. You watch a slavery movie, brutal. Right, but well, it, right. It, it, it left you wondering. The- it left you wondering. Did anyone die yeah. during this? Because it felt like some because people could have. Felt like some people could have, and then ultimately tells the story that you don't see anyone die. So we learn that too. Like we see people lo- looking as though they go to the, the the edge of death, which is essentially what happened. A bunch of people were beaten mercilessly, mm-hmm. but everyone survived that. March, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Stephen uh, James is great in, in, in this so scene. He's so good in this. I was yeah. just about to look up his character's name again. And the, and feel, the, 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 the New York Lewis, Times right? reporter. Lewis, yes. The New York Times reporter. Oh, uh, that's, yeah, his, 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 that, he was great. I, get, and giving I, the, like, this happened, and then the, uh, the gas started going in there. Blood he everywhere. narrating the news. But he's, just, na- but he's, he's narrating it, but then also uh, the way that it's shot, you you know, storytelling wise, we don't know what at what point in time he is. Right. If if it he sounds has, like he's he's describing it bef- right before it's happening, it, or as right? It's seeing it. But but then also though, like it's interesting you say that because I couldn't tell either. But then when they show like the white Americans all over the country watching it, his voice is the one that's like still going. Right. So I'm like, are they watching this in real time or is this like? Yeah, it, it must have been delayed at some. But it must have right? been delayed. Yeah. Right. Right. But of that. But that. It even it even builds in a way that he's somewhat calm describing describing it and but building also t- doing it in such a uh, powerful you know what I mean he's, yeah he's making sure that you're really living it just the cut the cuts in and out uh, of this I thought I thought that it was fantastic like I really thought it was really can I say good. what I what I think is one of the most important things of this particular scene is that. A lot of the shots is like, yeah, you see like black men get beat, like which is something we see often. She makes a point. There's close ups, close ups of older black women getting hit with batons, right. getting whipped, and that's and the reason I bring that up is because is that when you see slavery movies and things like that, I mean, you may see like a young like black woman get whipped, but she's usually tied to like the main man, all right, or whatever. But this movie showed that this hatred had. Like no age, it's like they didn't give a shit if you were like old. They didn't care like if you were light skin, dark skin. No yeah. matter what you Woman, were, child, you were whatever crap they. Th- Dude, there was one shot that she did, and it, the only reason I remember it because they they did it twice. It's a shot of an older man running. Uh, a cop uh, chases him down, pushes him in the back, hits him with the baton a couple of times, and then. Uh, uh, oh my gosh! What, what is what is uh, what's 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 um? You just said his name, John uh, Lewis. John Lewis. John Lewis sees his mom go down. 
And his mom gets hit a couple of times. She gets knocked down. She gets hit as someone's running by. And then as John Lewis gets hit, he sees another cop come by and hit her again. Now, now this is a black woman who's, what I mean, let's say 50s or above, right? Who's now on the ground, has been hit three times with a baton. I don't yeah. know if you've ever been held a baton, but that thing is heavy. Yeah. It's made to, like, knock someone out so cops don't have to fight. That's the purpose of it. To, to like, and, like, a woman... Has an older woman has been hit multiple times and just one of many people. And and Man. and this is on top of all of that, John Lewis is we see him beaten um, you know, mercilessly. Oh, yeah, bloody. And then he leads everyone out and then gives a statement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. after he's been beaten to a point where, you know, can he speak? How you know, but to which to which the reporter back. says he gets a rousing uh, applause or arousing reaction. You know, he he's able to deliver still hope after all Bro, of he that. He was in the front. Which is which is cra- it's he was uh, in the front. Yeah. And and, uh, and, and, and the thing and I the, loved I loved the the scenes of like the white people at home like watching it and like getting upset and like turning away and like they couldn't see like, I don't like I didn't like that scene. I like that but scene. I like, but I, I get it. I get it. I like it because it but, shows what they were doing. It's like this is the this is this was the mission. It's like it took it's like horrendous that this happened. Well, it wasn't really the mission. They didn't want people to get hurt like that. But like partly like they wanted like something to happen where you are seeing and like white America has to say like it's now in their living rooms and in their homes, even though they don't know any black people, they know one black person in all of their town. And they're like, what is happening? Like, why are, what's going on? Like, even though, the racism that occurs in the South exists where they live too. Yeah. But because it isn't as violent as this, because the people there aren't as desperate because they're there. It's not like the majority of their community and they're also being shut out of everything. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they don't, they don't get it, you know? Yeah. So it was just like, it was showing them like, this is freaking happening. You can't ignore it. Yeah. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore and it. And this is in the same sequence Jirai's the part when as the part when they're showing George Wallace having his reaction to yeah yeah it is but what I like about it is that you know it, it also kind of shows you know that some people are passively watching and not and not joining uh, uh, but also it shows like the climate of the world was that like was that like yeah there were a bunch of people perpetuating it and there are a bunch of people that weren't and we are now living with the, the image in the air of like you're guilty if you are you know uh, who killed who killed Jimmy Lee Jimmy Lee Jackson? You know, you're you're guilty if you you, right. you you're the lawman who 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 goes by this. You're guilty if you are a white person who benefits from this, and you're guilty if you are a black person that doesn't fight. Right, and that and what I like about that sequence of shots is that we're seeing all of those people. You know, and th- I think this is after that moment, right? Well, yeah, or is yeah, this yeah, after? So the the scene after this after this is that like. People are like coming. Yeah. So they come and Martin isn't there. And then they find out yeah. that they're doing a march. Because Martin and them get arrested. No. Wait. Well, no. We sk- I mean, we skipped some stuff. Like, yeah. they had done, they, Martin got arrested from the, the sit down in front of the yes, steps. That's what it was. Right. Uh, and then what had happened was they, that scene that we were talking about in which um, Coretta kind of confronts Martin about his infidelity happens. And so he says, I can't march tomorrow. I, I needed like gotcha, a day, gotcha. and so then they're like, "We're gonna march without you. You can join us on the way." Right. Uh, and then, but that happens. So then they go. Then he goes back, and uh, 
what think they the have a night scene. March, though? Yeah, the night, the night march, march is before this, before too. Before this. When they, oh, okay. okay, can I just go back to that real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the Night March, this, this, is when, this is when he gets shot. Okay, so the Night March, again, what makes this Night March so sad is that, again, man, this dad is 84 years old. Okay, mm-hmm. this man is 84 years old. They hide out in a restaurant. The cop immediately comes in and starts hitting this old man in the head with a baton. Okay, comes to a black restaurant, hits him in the head with a baton. The son literally just tries to get this damn cop off his dad and get shot. I think the, point I, yeah, yeah. Get shot. First, no, sorry, sorry. I, the, I take it back. His daughter. It's it, the mom. That was his mom. mom. Helps. So his mom helps. The mom gets thrown off, smacked, then thrown off. So now he's trying to stop the dad. Again, again, the dad is 84 years old. This is a true thing that happened. This is a true thing that happened, which again, you never know about because people forget to tell you that, oh yeah, America's a fucked place. So anyway, my man gets shot, and to this by day, the, by a cop. To this day, there has no one who has been found guilty for that killing. Yeah, uh, to this day, no homeboy. Um, uh, he was in, he was indicted, but he went to jail for six months. What the fuck is that? He went to jail for six months in 2010 or something like that. Isn't that insane? Wait, in 2010 or like 2007, something like that. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on, well Barack on, Obama just opened up the Emmett Till, um, the Emmett Till bill, which now is opening up all the old civil rights cases that uh, never um, was it the, the was it the what you call them unsolved? What is it? Like yeah. whatever. But basically, like this is I just have to bring that cases. up. The cold case. Basically, I'm bringing that up because I'm like, yo, could, uh, think about your everyone. I don't care if you're black, white, whatever. Right now, think about your parents. Think about being. Think about marching for anything. I don't care what it is. March of whatever you find important. Even if it's something hateful, imagine like the people who are supposed to protect you comes and attacks your parents in front of you without remorse, without like at night. And then, by the way, for for no reason, for no reason, they had no they had no right to attack them. And oh, you had to only run. to instill fear, only because only from the governor's uh, orders orders to to instill fear to stop them from doing and it. to instill fear is like. Let's kill some folks. Uh, uh, I just want to say specifically, in 2009, uh, Trooper Fowler was indicted in Jackson's death. And How in old 2010, was he? What is that? I mean, in 2007. <laughs> and then in 2010, that? he pled guilty to manslaughter. He was sentenced to six months. Manslaughter, in please. I know. Yeah. Dude, like, what do we... That was murder. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then he went to jail for six months. Six months. Like, uh, whatever, okay. What, he was an old man? Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, it's so interesting. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, you think about that, and then you think about, you know, obviously... All of the unarmed black men are killed by cops, and people saying, "Oh, well, they must have done something wrong because a cop wouldn't just do that." Well, actually, yeah, cops did just do that all the time. So I don't know. Again, it's it's this weird, it's this weird thing where we just black out history. Yeah, because we don't a recent teach it. recent history, and then think that none of those things are going to come carry through the generations. Those people are still alive. Because the thing is, because you're basically saying they're still right now, alive. That dude got convicted they, in 2009. They are still alive and able to continue to speak their racist rhetoric to other people. So why why don't you why would you the, think that guy got eradicated? Because a law got passed. The law got passed that segregation had to end, and segregation didn't end. There are still babies. The law got there pa- are still <laughs> babies in the families of these people. Well, the problem is what you think. I can tell you right now. The problem is, is that you have to point a finger at somebody. Like the thing is, like right now, what you're saying is you're you're asking someone who's at a dinner table at Thanksgiving to look at their grandfather and be like, "Granddad, you are not a good person." Who like think about it? Think I mean that's what you're literally doing. That you'd be like, you're not like 
you have like people have these aunts, like the, the, these grandparents who say like slightly racist things and slightly like homophobic things, and it's like, oh, you're just oh, you don't get it, and it's like, no. That person knows exactly what they're saying. They're just not a good person. And we need to get to a point where we can say, hey, these people are bad. Like, if I do, again, if I do something wrong, I'm expecting you two, my mom, my family to tell me this is a wrong thing that you did. Yeah. Right. You got to call people out on it. And, my, and, and I, keep, I keep thinking about this, too, and to, to, to bring up Ferguson, just because Ferguson is, is mentioned in the song Glory, so it connects in a way. But I keep thinking about, like, the, the the people that are kids now in in these families that are like being taught like to look negatively at black people you know what i mean like people that are there that are still you know the the if if fowler you know has any family beneath him that that still views and looks at life in the same way he does that family they have kids and they have you know what i mean and it just it just keeps Going unless we stop. Can, can I give you one example before we move on about how this stuff sure. gets passed down? There's a there's a girl who's from Virginia, very well off family, hanging out with her one day. Right, we go out. There's a black guy. Um, she's like mixed, uh, uh, super fair skin. Uh, I just have to put that out because of what I'm about to tell you. So there's a dark skinned black guy who like isn't the nicest to her. Isn't rude, but just isn't the nicest. We get in the car, uh, Uber, and she's like, "Oh my goodness, I hate him." He's such a stupid ER. To me, like I'm about to like hard N word. Like, like I'm about to like, like cheers this on. And yeah, I'm like, right. wait, wait, wait. Uh, excuse me. She's like, yeah. I mean, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it to be racist, but he's just one of those. And I'm like, first off, what, Oof. what is that? Like, how did you learn this? And at, my legit answer was, my question was like, how did you learn this? I mean, you know, sometimes you know, like my granddad told me, like some people are like this, some people are like, this. I'm like. Do you see? Do you see the issue right now? It's like you don't think you're racist. You don't think your granddad's racist, and you right. never like no one is questioning this information he's passing along. I'm black. I do say that. I do say nigga every now and then, mm-hmm. but it ain't the ER. It ain't about to call somebody a dirty or a dumb or a mean one, right? And like this is stuff that gets passed on that people just overlook. Is like I don't know, silly grandpa or like oh, I mean I know that, but like anytime you say like I mean you're not one of those, you're like. Like, what are we doing? Uh, anyway. anyway, back to this movie. So, yeah, uh, just to jump forward, uh, <laughs> you know, this thing happens. Martin comes down. They, they're they like, we're going to march again. Lyndon B. Johnson, the president, is like, don't do it, please. Mm-hmm. He's like, why don't you talk to George Wallace? You could just, or you could just, like, sign this bill, like, do this bill. And he's like, I can't. You know I can't. You know, just, like, wait. You just have to. And then he's like, there's no time to wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, and so they march again, but this time they kind of like the cops go to the side. They're going to let them through. No, this is the yeah. first time. This is the first time they do it. Well, it's the second time. It's the second time. No, I'm sorry. The first time, time with thing. Martin. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, first time okay. yeah. And there's no cameras around. Those cameras. And he's kind of like, mm, he's, they, he sits, he kind of like kneels down and everybody kneels down and he prays and he gets back up and he turns around and he walks away and everybody's like, what the heck? They all and follow. So uh, they all follow, but they're pissed. So some yeah. of them are pissed and, they're like, what are you doing? Like, you, you have to tell, like, why? Like, why did you do that? And he basically, he basically just says, like, I, I'd i rather people be mad at me than, like, beat up and dead yeah, in the street. Dead. Which is true, because it's a good point. Because it's like, it's so interesting. Because I was like, wait, what's happening? Because I didn't remember that part. And I'm like, right. oh, yeah, there's no one around to see what's about to go down. Yeah. Not Even only that, but he thinks that 
he thinks that even if there are people around them, they get past, but they're going to corner them. They'll trap them somewhere. Yeah. They cut off the food. I mean, it's, it's all of that They'll stuff. kill them in a field somewhere. This is after the LBJ conversation. Yeah, so there's all like, of that, like, what happens? What's they're like, happen? we need... Uh, so anyway, so then that happens, and they're kind of, like, thinking about what they're going to do next. And we see uh, a Boston uh, pastor mm-hmm. is kind of, like, walking down him and, like, this other dude. And these dudes are like, oh, they, like, they call them white N-words because, you know, they're helping... Yep. They're helping, you know, and they're walking in the civil this march. And so basically they get beat and then one dude gets beat so bad he gets killed. And they tell yeah. Martin. And then of course that brings back all the papers and everything again. And so mm-hmm. now Lyndon Johnson get, grants them the uh protection of the yeah. police. To Which do is the so march. interesting because when I was African American Museum, they it is funny because of this priest that passed, because um I don't know what and uh, you know, go look it up. I don't know if he's credited as um, being killed because of the civil rights movement because in this, in the museum they have the woman which they mentioned later on I'm sorry I'm skipping ahead but it's just like a Oh fact. yeah, she was murdered later on. There's a woman who was murdered. But on the way back. On the way back with people from the march and she is the one, like if you go to the museum it's not a big display. Yeah, it's not a big display but her face is there as the only white person who was murdered like while doing something for the civil rights movement, right. which I found very fascinating because it's like it was a woman one. Yeah. And also yeah. it was her and a bunch of other people. I don't think they even killed the African Americans. I think they literally were just pissed at her. Yeah, I think they killed her. She uh, was like driving them back. Disgusting world we live in. Anyway, so he walks away, he leaves. Uh Andre from um Empire is pissed. <laughs> um Yeah, he says that thing. And yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. This dude yeah. gets killed. James Reeb is the uh, person he was portraying, I wonder. And then, uh, and yeah, and I mean, that's kind of, I mean. And then they go back the next they day. They go back the next day, but they, now they have mm-hmm. the protection of and the And they make it the to army. the end. And then we hear that song. And, One day. Yeah. <laughs> when the, that, song, that song is powerful, man. I'm not going to lie, man. When yeah. the glory I do. I liked, comes, it. I liked it more this time around. We'll be. All right, I'm done. I'm not. I'm not gonna hit my John Legend on y'all right now. Yeah, we're not ready. for I'm that. not gonna hit the John. We're not ready for oh, that John. I'm not, I ain't gonna hit y'all with it. Not um, ready for it just yet. Okay. Uh, this is my thing. Ain't about to be no thrill in this movie. Obviously. <laughs> um. Obviously. <laughs> but there is one thing I, I, I do want to say, and like this is like this isn't even gonna be to the actresses, but like to the to the to the actual people. When I think about like uh. Coretta, um, the strength that like these black women had in this movie, like that the real life people, even the women from Hidden Figures, like the strength they had to like accomplish these goals and to like not only fight against like racism against them, but also sexism. I mean, like th- th- there were points where I'm like, I just can't imagine being um, um, Coretta after. Martin dies. They make sure to like to mention that like she does not remarry. Like she gets, she does something that seems impossible to me. She got her husband, who is not a, a, a government official, a holiday, a national holiday. She has built foundations. This woman is honestly the backbone of the civil rights movement. This black woman is like, man, sisters. We love y'all, man. Like, good guy. Like, could you? Like, come on, man. Like, how? Like, how do you? How do you get Martin Luther King's birthday to be a holiday? Yeah. 
Like he has streets in every. Like he has streets everywhere. MLK and DC. I mean, we need to fix those streets up though. Whole yeah, time we need to the, fix up his streets. The MLK streets. Real talk. We got to fix up his streets, but he has streets everywhere. I yeah. mean. Bray, you talk about this all the time. Like when it comes to Black History Month, we don't learn a lot about a lot of um, African American um, inventors or 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 speakers or just figures, but we know about MLK, and yeah. that is largely because of this woman. And of course, True. it's like she did great things. So you know what? Shout out to her, man. Yeah, bless. Um, no, James. I just have a question. Okay, because like. Because, like, Martin Luther King is, like, a is an important figure. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really strong. He's really powerful. Um, but he has flaws to him. Okay, you, know? you better he has a dark, watch He has yourself. a dark side to him. You know what you, I mean? You better watch this. I'm just saying there's, there's like, darkness to him. We, like, don't, he's 100%. You don't, all, you don't always okay. agree with what he's doing. Yeah. Right? So, like, in the movie Hancock. No! Why do you so why like are you in the movie Hancock? In the movie Hancock, right? Like, he, he you know, he's, he's a hero. He's a superhero. You know, I can't believe you're going back. Who can change? He can change the whole. He can change the whole world, right? So, like and Selma was really good. Selma was really good, right? Yo, this is disrespectful. Martin Luther King. This is Jr. disrespectful. Is Jr. Hancock. This is disrespectful. Is Hancock good though? Because <laughs> no. because Selma's a good movie. That's a really good movie. I enjoyed myself a lot. This is just Martin Luther I, King Jr. I enjoyed. I enjoyed Selma this a whole lot. This is disrespectful, James. But Han- it, but is Hancock a good Hancock. movie? No. No, nope. this bit is terrible. I hate what you just did. I hate that you Are we sure? Did you hear? Did you did you hear what we discussed today? We put our hearts on the. On no, the, I did, and I listened to everything. And so while I was listening, I was like, uh, "This might be an argument for I hate why this. Right. I hate this." Cool. Uh, it's time. I hate. It's that. time for the cause, guys. We rate and review films not based on how much we like them or how well we think uh, they were directed or written or acted, but based on. Uh, the cause of lead, more leading black actors in Hollywood. So, did this film promote more leading black actors in Hollywood? Uh, if we think it did, we give it a black fist. If we think it kind of did, we give it a white palm. If we th- think it didn't help, we don't give it anything. All right? Got to think about that for a second. On the count of three. I'm ready. <laughs> here we go. One. Here we go. Oh, goodness. Two. All right. Three. Three black fists. Three black fists. We knew that was going down. I mean, it had to. I mean, first of all, but let's get real for a second about this film, right? So first we got David Yellowwell. I mean, my yeah. man should have been nominated for an Oscar. Should've. We all know that. Should've. I think he was nominated for Golden Globe, right? Probably it, it a, a BAFTA, too. He got nominated for a sec, and I, and Probably did, got and a, a BAFTA, BAFTA nomination. Uh, but you know, shut out of the the academy, or well, whatever, screw them. Uh, but then we got, I mean, Carmen Ajogo. I mean, she was in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. She was True. great, and she that. was great. She was great. And I mean, she's a character that could come back if they keep doing those movies. So like, oh, boom, yeah. you got that. You got Stephen James in the film, Stephen and we know James. that he led a movie since then. Yep, and he has a TV show coming out, Shots Fired. Right. I mean, you got my man. Uh, I mean, Andre Holland. In Moonlight, doing it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wendell Pierce. I mean, Wendell Pierce. Wendell Pierce, Pierce is in the movie. He's a worker. He's a man. worker, man. He's I a mean, working actor. Dude, Cuba is in this movie. Cuba Gooden Jr. Commons in it. 
common, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's true. Well, why you gotta okay. say his name like that, Jarrah? Okay. Why you gotta say? I mean, he's Trey, a very nice person. Trey Byers of uh, Empire is in this. Yep. I mean, Tessa Thompson is in this. Hey, Tessa yeah, Thompson. I mean, you got so many. What's my my man's name from Atlanta? Oh, Lakeith, Lakeith, uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Boom. Not to mention my dude. I think it was what I said. His name was Steven, right? The old man. Oh, that dude. I mean, is, I can't. I can't even think about him. Man. He's making me sad. Mm-hmm. That dude so, looks just like my stuff. You know out. what? I mean, just based on that alone, I give it a fist. Come on. Did I even got to say more? No. True. You don't got to say more, but I'm going to. I'm going to say a couple more oh, names. God. I'm going to say Omar J. Dorsey okay, played James Orange. And this now. I'm going to say Ruben Santiago Hudson. He played Bayard Rustin. I'm going to say Lorraine Toussaint. She played Amelia Boynton. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Nisi Nash, she played Richard Jean Jackson, and I'm gonna say Corey Reynolds, he played Reverend C.T. Vivian, and I'm gonna say, I think you said everybody's name. All right, can, can, all right. <laughs> okay, okay. you finish the rest of you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just, I know, I know Gerard doesn't want to harp on this dude too much, but I need y'all to know that in the scene when Kager Lee, aka played by Henry G. Sanders, is in the room, he's in the, the hospital room, and then uh, Martin Luther King comes in and he said he just says, Mr. Lee. And then he turns to him and just Dr. King. Dr. King. And he just When he Oh my God, that sequence, moment of him like uh, like just staring at his dead grandson and then like, oh Dr. King. Dr. Like there, there's like a little reverence, a little respect, a little awe, uh still the sadness. Every literally every moment of this man's life, you suddenly realize, oh, this man has lived he has experienced so many things and understands the gravity of this moment born in like 1880 something yeah you know he he knows why this is so important and 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 all of the acting is so good and the and the and but this particular moment is so strong and 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 the movie itself elicits so many emotional reactions and 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 shows the nuance of just such a trying time uh, in in our history and world history, you know, uh, and 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 I just and and you know we talked about these actors, but like Ava, you know, has been approached for all kinds uh, of stuff Ava. since 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 this movie, you know, you know, Cuba's back, you know what I'm saying? Cuba Gooding Jr. is back in the game, mm-hmm. so just yes. you know, had to get had to get this movie a fist. Yeah, man, it's interesting because like I remember when I first started this podcast, I was like, oh, I can understand why um, Ava didn't get a best director nomination, and now. I changed my mind. I don't. I'm mad. No. I'm so mad. You got to be mad. I'm so mad now that the fact that like she wrote it and didn't get credit for it. Again, I'm sorry for cursing and saying whatever, but I'm like, I'm just mad. It's like, this black woman took on this movie. She put it on her back, yo. She legit put it on her back. Like, she touched on issues that like, like, that would feel bogged down and forced in another movie. The fact that you, 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 found, you talked about the church and the four little girls. The fact that we discussed Bloody Sunday. The fact that like, the fact... That this dad and what's the character? What's what's the key's name? Um, in the movie, um, the character uh, Jimmy Lee Jackson. Jimmy Lee Jackson's death has so much weight, so much weight to it. The fact that this dad buried his son and became the first person in his family to vote at eighty-four years old, eighty-five years old, is insane. The fact that like this movie still relates to what's happening in some way to people, not just people of color now, 
but to people in the LBGT community. The, the fact that some of this stuff still relates to what women are still going through as a whole. It's like, at, the way she connected this thing in just a little nuances, black girls talking about their hair. It's like, this is what... This is what things should be. If you're going to do a movie about a significant time period, this is how you do it. This is why black directors, black writers need to be able to tell their own stories. Sorry, it's time. And I just want to say this real quick to Hollywood because we, we, we've seen a lot of uh, movies or a couple movies. I'm thinking about this one and I'm thinking about like Dope where the directors go on to work on very big projects and then end up leaving because of artistic differences and listen i know that artistic differences is a real thing it exists happens all the time but you know people need to people need to really look and think about what they're holding on to and what those differences are and i'm not talking about the people that left good for you for for leaving and sticking by your beliefs but for the for the those higher ups that are being so picky you know about about the uh, about the way things need to look and the way things need to be. You need to understand that these artists are different than you. They have a different outlook on life. They have a different th- approach to things. That's why you hired them. So be a little more open to these to these people because they're gonna they're gonna make and do great things. And you're in the end gonna be sorry uh, that you weren't open and, and available to that. So yeah. Mad props to Ava DuVernay. I mean, mad props to David Yellow, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, we recognize you here at Black Man Can't Chill. Yeah, game recognize game. Game recognize. Game recognizes game. Job, I mean, guys, was she di- 90%? 90% and I had the same reaction that you and Tessa and, had about the speeches. Yeah. Like 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 they're so powerful. And you and you immediately think Man, M.O.K. was the man. His speeches were so dope. Wait a minute. They were all written by Ava DuVernay. Yo, she deserves... Yo, she deserves they were all written by Ava DuVernay. She deserves the highest praise for this movie. Like, this is like... I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know man. she wrote those I didn't speeches. Know it either. Because uh, she kept it quiet. She kept it pretty pretty quiet. All right. Uh, that, that's our rating. Three Black Fists. Go see it if you haven't already. It's on Amazon and Hulu. Uh, and we will be back with some plugs. Peace. It's time for some plugs. Plugs. Oh yeah. Uh, first off, if you are listening to this on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, on Monday, January sixteenth. Yep. We got a show. Yeah. Astronomy Club. Let's talk about race, baby. Baby. Nine thirty, UCB East, New York City. Yeah, $7 tickets. Yeah, come hang out. Um, you can follow me at John... Oh, wait. First of all, you can follow the podcast at Black Men Podcast mm-hmm. on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, well, Instagram. Uh, BlackmenPodcast.com. Uh, yeah, we have a Facebook, too, I guess. If you yeah, if you like did it. at Black Men Podcast, you would go to, that would go to the page. Yeah. Uh, uh, rate and review us on iTunes, please. Uh, if, you are, if you live uh, anywhere... Uh, outside of the <laughs> New York, New York area, let us know where we like. Know where people are listening from. Yeah. Oh, you know what? If you live in New York, shout us out your town. Like if you're like in Brooklyn, yeah. If you live in New, if you live in the city, let us know where. Yeah. But if you live in New York State, be like, yeah, I'm upstate. Yeah, just let us yeah, know. Yeah, I'm upstate though. Um, 
And uh, and for me, you can follow me at John Braylock on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Snapchat, even though I never use it. <laughs> JohnBraylock.com <laughs> for some videos and stuff. Uh, that's about it for me. Um, you know what? I like talking to people on Twitter, so you can like at me at Gerard Milligan on Twitter. Okay. I like talking to people. Um, everything else, I mean, whatever, cool. Google or something. Oh, I guess my, <laughs> it, it, if you have HBO, uh, the the movie that I star in for all of five seconds, How to Be Single is out. Go watch that. Yeah, watch that. Yeah, man, that. get that laugh on that line HBO, in there, boy. HBO Gizzo. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me at James Third Comedy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, JamesThirdComedy.com. Third is 3RD. And if you are in New York on January 27th, that's a Friday at 10.30 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater, I'm doing a show. It's called James the Third and Friends. So I have friends, you guys, and they're going to be in the show. So you should come see it. Are we in cool. the show? No, nah, yeah, I ain't in it. Okay, then we're uh, I guess we ain't from uh, <laughs> Next week, we are reviewing the film Head of State. Starring Chris Rock. And Bernie Mac. Mm, the late, great Bernie Mac. And just yeah. great. thinking about, you nope, know. don't do it. Don't do black it. Black nope. presidents. Yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. I thought you were going to. No, I'm just saying. I thought like you were going to do the thing black and talk presidents. about the other thing. And, you know, the other it's thing. It's great yeah. to have black presidents. Yeah. Or just a president who's kind and caring and a loving mm-hmm. person. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>